to play. And that it says, acknowledge, the acknowledgement of the truth, which is in Christ, the acknowledgement of the truth is after godliness. In other words, the acknowledgement of the truth is what will produce the manifestation of that God life. You know, when you think about it, when you try to break things down simply, really it comes down to this. It comes down to making the identification of the truth of who you are in Christ and then acting on it. Getting your mind renewed to it. Applying the sacrifice and acting like it is so. Acknowledging the truth that is in Christ Jesus. Philippians 2.12 says, work out your salvation with a fear and trembling. But again, we're talking about the same thing. Amen? Alright. How do we do it? I'm going to, there are several things we could say, but I'm just going to say one thing. And that is simply this. Prayer. Say prayer. prayer. The number one activity of a believer, of a child of God, of a Christian, the most important thing is prayer. It is the most heavenly spiritual function that in a Christian's life is prayer. Fellowship and fellowshipping and communing with the creator of the universe who is your father. Amen? Now, just to demonstrate that for a moment. In, in the book of Acts chapter 6, when the church was growing, and there were, you know, there was a, you know, the church at that time had a ministry of feeding to the feed. What we call a welfare system, that was in the church. Amen? The church was responsible um, to meet the needs of, of the poor and the widow, etc., etc. And the church was growing, and, and, and I guess some of the apostles and all of them were all getting tangled up as to who's going to get what and how to, to distribute the food and so on and so forth. And then eventually he said, wait a minute here, what's, what's going on? And then in Acts chapter 6 verse 4, they said, look, let us appoint various people to be responsible for the distribution of the food or for the ministry to the poor, let's call it that. All right? And he said, then he said, but for us, we will give ourselves continually, say continually, continually to the ministry of the word and prayer. This is, this, they said, in other words, what they said is, we are not going to be involved in the ministry to the poor. They didn't say the ministry to the poor was not important. They said they were not going to be involved in that, but they're going to be involved in the ministry of the word and prayer. Now, another thought. It says in James chapter 1 verse 27, that pure religion, pure religion that is undefiled before God, is taking care of the fatherless and the widow, etc., etc., which means the ministry to the poor. It says pure religion is the ministry to the poor. In other words, do not neglect the poor. Does the Word of God teach that? Amen? So absolutely, the Word of God, not only does it teach the ministry to the poor that we should do, but it also calls it pure religion in James 1.27. But here, Peter and James and John basically said, they are going to exalt the ministry of the word, and, the, and in this case we're talking prayer, the ministry of prayer above the ministry to the poor. Well, what is the point? The point is that to put, the point is that prayer, that ministry of prayer is of the highest priority in the life of a believer. It is the most heavenly thing you can do. Amen? Now, um, Philippians 1 verse 19 says something to, the, to this effect. Where Paul was 
had whatever situation he was dealing with, and Paul always had a situation. Amen? If it was in jail or being beaten or hanging over some cliff in a basket or whatever the case might be. And Paul says that, um, he basically says about his salvation that was going to be brought to him because that is about the salvation that will be brought to him. Let me get it, get it right, sorry. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer, through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Now, remember the whole thing is, this working out of your salvation, this coming into this place where you possess God and God possess you, is going to be a work of the Holy Spirit. You are cooperating with the Holy Spirit, but ultimately it is, it is not by might nor by power, but it is by His Spirit. The work of transformation is His Spirit. Now Paul says here that their prayers was going to cause not only his deliverance and his wholeness and his salvation and his protection and whatever else, but it will also cause the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. In other words, the supply of the Holy Ghost will come as a result of prayer. When we study the book of Acts, and we study especially in the New Testament, where there's an unveiling of the ministry of the Holy Spirit, we will find time and time again that, 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 um, the, that the Holy Spirit manifesting came immediately after prayer. Whether it be Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 1, whatever the case might be. It was times of prayer and then here came the Holy Spirit. In other words then, if we have to cooperate with the Holy Spirit and prepare a place wherein he can, where we cooperate with him and he can be freed and liberated to do what he needs to do, then us doing our part and operating in this ministry of prayer gives him that opportunity. And that is the number one area of this spiritual exercise in, in um, abiding or, or living in Christ. The Bible says, the, the Bible says now, are you speaking when you're praying? Most of the time. Now it says, the whole, it says in, in um, Hebrews 4 verse 14 that, the Holy, that Jesus is a high priest of our what? Profession. In other words, then he's anointed by God according to Hebrews 3 verse 1. Right? He's anointed and appointed by God as a high priest to watch over your words the words that come out of your mouth to perform them providing they agree with his words. Amen? So when we are speaking and praying according to how it is in Christ, acknowledging the truths in Christ, what happens? Jesus, the high priest, is anointed and called of God to bring fulfillment to it. He said the government is on his shoulder. It says in another place he ever lives to make intercession for us. So this issue of praying the word, praying um, the, the things that, and I'm going to give you a list of about 12 things in a few minutes, doing those things, what, what happens is that by, by so doing, we are releasing, we are giving the Holy Spirit what he needs to work with, we are giving Jesus what he needs to work with, so that there could be fulfillment and we could come into this place of maturity. Now, here is, this is, this is, this is a thought that that, that, that has been always real to me. And it's this. Somehow, you see, when you get into this crucible of his presence, when you get into this place of his presence in prayer, 
And, and you begin to speak words that he agree with. You begin to speak words that line up with him, with, with, with him. I believe that as you begin to speak those words, as you begin to cry out for, for, for a zeal and for hunger and, 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 and a yieldedness and, and holiness and what the things that you are praying for, as you pray those things, as you pray the authority of righteousness, I believe that as you do, some or the other, the Holy Ghost is in there and what you are praying is as if he takes it and he brands it in your soul. Amen? It's as if he stamps it and he seals it. And so over a period of time, it becomes engrafted into you. And then the fulfillment comes. And when the fulfillment comes, it is now your experience. Does that make sense? Now, if that is the case, then what I say and what I do in prayer is very important. Then indeed, this practice and the things I exercise, the things I do continually, really has this potential of being branded on the inside of me and becoming my experience and becoming my reality. Now, what, what kind of, is it okay? Uh, is quiet prayer important, valuable? Yes, it is. Is it okay for us to be still and know that he's God and be quiet? Yes, in those times you learn to listen. But I also believe that prayer that are half-hearted, that are nonchalant, don't go very far. The Bible says whatever you do, do it what? Heartily as unto the Lord. From your heart. Does that include prayer? Certainly. Does it not say in James chapter 5 verse 16 that the effectual what? Fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. So I believe our prayer also needs to be fervent. It needs to be continual. It needs to be persevering. It needs to be purposeful. Amen? Amen. Now... 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 7. And then I'm going to give you a few things. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 7 says, King James, it says, watch on to prayer. Amplified says, be self-restrained and alert therefore for the practice of prayer. The practice of prayer. Now what should we pray? Alright? Now I'm not, I don't want to, uh, this is not rules and regulations. This is exercise. <laughs> Amen? Spiritual exercise. Amen. Let me give you a couple of things. Number one, some of those very attitudes that we were talking about that we need to have to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, you make them a matter of prayer. You make it a matter of prayer, like, you know, um, you, you know, you're praying about surrender, praying about zeal, praying about, you know, that the Bible says, um, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you'll be filled. Oh Lord, give me that hunger, give me that desire, give me that passion, give me that zeal. You pray about these things. You pray for regarding uh, uh, the desire for the truth, that the word might dwell within you richly, that you would have a love for the word. You pray about humility. You pray that, that, um, that you will be in a place where you're not trusting in your own ability and your own strength, but you're truly trusting in the Lord, that your confidence is not in the arm of flesh. You pray that way. You pray that you will not draw attention to yourself and boast and glory in yourself, but you would give them all glory and honor. You pray about the fact about compassion. You see, let me just make a little comment here for a moment. Many times Christians get into a, a religious mindset that says they got to be led by the Spirit of God. I don't know if the Lord is leading me here. I don't know if the Lord is leading me in this or the Lord is... I don't know if the Lord is leading me to pray for this person or to lay hands on it. I don't know if the Lord is pleading me that I should give to this situation or not. Wait a minute, stop. Stop. If God told you, lay hands on the sick, does he come and say, oh, but not that one? 
Right? If God says to bless them that curse you, <clears throat> no, you curse that one. In other words, whatever God says, the, the, the commandments and the word of the Lord, those are your instructions. We operate by principle. If God, if, if, if God, um, does, does, is God a need, does God want us to, to respond to people's needs? Right? The Bible says Jesus was moved by what? Compassion. He wasn't moved by the fact that, oh, um, you know, I feel led of the Lord that I must feed these people. Amen? He saw the need. They were going to die on the way back because they had walked so far and they hadn't eaten for however many days. Right? So he told the disciples, feed them. Knowing what he was going to do, divide the loaves and the fishes. What is the point? The point is he was moved by compassion. We respond to needs. We respond to principle. We don't have to hear a voice from heaven that says do this and do that. It's okay to have that. But you have the word. You have the spirit of God. Amen. But anyway, so pray over those virtues. Pray over those things that are needful. Those attitudes that are important um, so, as to, so as to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Make it a matter of prayer. Number two, loose yourself from, from wrong attitudes. Complacency, laziness, lukewarmness, indifference. Amen. Offense. Being judgmental. Pray against it. Don't just leave it to chance and that you're going to just wake up tomorrow morning and you're no longer going to be a judgmental, critical person. Pray about it. Make it a matter of prayer. Amen. I'm sure if you start praying about that every day, the next time you get an opportunity to be harsh and mean and judgmental, you're going to hesitate at least. Are you with me? Because what you exercise in prayer will become established in you. Number three, pray the thing that God speaks to you in prayer. God might speak something to you specifically. God might talk to you about whatever it might be. Well, you know, don't, I mean, right here sitting in the service, there's something God speaks to you. And you make a note about it. What do you do with it? Just leave it on the paper? No. Go back and lift it up in prayer before God. So that he can do something with it. Amen? So that he can move you to take the action. You know, it says in Isaiah 43 and verse 26, God says, put me in remembrance. Whatever I've said unto you, that you might be justified. God says, put me in remembrance. Now, I know we attribute that to the word of God and the scriptures. You know, and the Lord, your, your word says that if we shall agree as touching anything, or the word says, um, you know, by his straps I mean, and we quote the word that way, put him in remembrance what he has said, that he will watch over to perform it. And that's true. But I also believe it's those things that God speaks to you. Give, put, you know, Lord, this is what you had shown me. This is what you had said. Now I'm believing for it to be fulfilled. Give me clarity. Give me more understanding, whatever the case is. But talk to him about it. I really believe it's a good thing to take your notes and make it a matter of prayer. And I believe in Isaiah 43 verse 26, when it says, put me in remembrance that you might be justified, we can read into it that God is saying, you put me in remembrance that I may perform it. Amen? Now think about that. If that's the case, how much wouldn't you want to repeat to God what he has said to you? Amen? Amen? Okay, that was number three. Number four, pray concerning righteousness. Righteousness has various aspects. The issue of oneness with him. Pray that you would have this revelation and that you would function where you are the extension of God, where you are one with him, etc., etc. And that you wouldn't live in this place of sin consciousness. 
being separated from him. Pray concerning the aspect of authority that is connected up with righteousness. Pray concerning the fact that you are a citizen of heaven, you are a child of God, and therefore all the promises belong to you. Pray them. Pray concerning right standing. Free from guilt, free from condemnation, free from insecurity, free from shame. Thank you, Lord. The blood has been shed. And because of that blood and the price that has been paid, there is no longer any consciousness of sin between me and you. Thank you, Father. You you said you've moved it as far as the east is from the west. Make those things a matter of prayer. And as you do these things, you're continually bearing, keeping before you, what is this all about? I'm pressing for the mark. He must possess me, I must possess him. It must no longer be me, but it must be Christ living in me. That must become my experience. Number five, pray the sacrifice. Right? I don't have time to illustrate that, but pray the sacrifice, pray crucifixion, pray, pray resurrection, pray burial, pray resurrection, pray ascension, pray the shed blood, pray the name of Jesus, pray the life of Christ, pray the, the, the great and precious promises. Take them and speak them in prayer. Number six, um, there are passages of scripture that, you, that inspire this issue of oneness. For instance, Hebrews 10 verse 16 to 25. Philippians 3 verse 7 to 16. And you take those passages and you pray them. I'm just going to give you a little idea if I can do it in about two minutes. Right? On Hebrews chapter um, 10 for instance, which begins something like this. Where God is saying, and I'm just going to pray it, all right? Uh, and basically, I'm saying to God, um, your word says, I want to thank you right now that you have said in your word that you're going to, and it's not like you got to memorize this. You have a Bible. <laughs> Amen. Okay, you can open your Bible and read, okay? <laughs> All right. All right. And I thank you that you said you're going you're gonna to put your law. This is the covenant you will make with me in this day that I'm living in. You're going to write your law in my hearts and in my mind. And you say, Lord, because of the blood and that shed blood and the sacrifice of Christ, you will remove my sin as far as the east is from the west, and you will not have any record of them. You will not recall them anymore. For where there is remission of these, there is no more need for any offering of sin. The blood of Jesus and his sacrifice has put an end of every sin record that is before you. So that now here I am, Father, I have boldness and access with confidence into the holiest of holies, your very divine presence through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and through the veil of Jesus' flesh that was torn because of what he did in his own body. So I can, I can now come to this new and living way and I can stand before you, having my heart, having my heart, having a full assurance of faith, having my very conscience delivered and set free from every evil conscience, every sense of separation, knowing that I am one with you, Father, and I've got such a high priest over the house of God, Jesus Christ, who is the righteous one, and you can pray that way. Are you with me? Right? Pray that, 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 I might, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. I come to all things but loss. Father, bring me to that place that I might apprehend that for which you have apprehended me. That I would be found not, 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 with, not having my trust in my own works and my own performance, but I might be found in Christ, having the right, your righteousness, which is of faith. Amen? So number seven, pray the word. And pray scriptures. There are scriptural prayers in the Bible. Ephesians 1 verse 16 to 23. Philippians 1 verse 19 to 11. Colossians 1 verse 19 to 11. That God would fill you with the knowledge of his will. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding. How often? Continually. It's exercise. You don't just exercise one time, do you? Amen? 
You're not going to get muscles that way. How do you think I got all these muscles? From exercising. <laughs> Number eight. Now because the reality is God is unlimited in power and might. But he operates through us. And we, because of our lack of knowledge, it creates a limitation. The Bible says grace and peace is multiplied how? Through the knowledge. Through the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and the knowledge of the Father. It says we perish for lack of knowledge. Ephesians 4 verse 15 speaks about growing up into the head, which is Christ. In other words, then, growing up into the knowledge. We have a knowledge gap, and that creates a bit of a problem. Right? That creates a limitation. You know, it's like having this garden hose, and there's all kinds of power. Want to just come blasting its way through that hose, but the nozzle is kind of tight. You know what I mean? You've got to open up that nozzle. Well, increasing the knowledge opens up the, no opens up the, the, the nozzle. However... Because that takes time, God has given us a little shortcut. He still calls it praying in, praying in the Holy Ghost. Romans chapter 8, 26 and 27 says, We know not what to pray for as we ought, but the Holy Ghost is here to help us so that we're praying in other tongues. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 2 says, We pray the very mysteries of God, things that we might not know, things that have to do with life, things that have to do with godliness, things that have to do with Christ in you. We are able to pray those things in tongues. And then in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 4, it says that when you pray in tongues, you make spiritual progress. You build yourself up like a battery that is being connected to the alternator. You build yourself up so that you become like a rock, like the rock of Gibraltar. Amen? So, you, so, so what else should you be doing? Praying much in tongues. Be continually filled with the Spirit. Number nine, learn how to listen in prayer. Learn how to listen in prayer. Isaiah 30 verse 30 says that he will cause his glorious voice to be heard. Isaiah 50 verse 4 says um, that, that, um, that morning by morning he will wake in your ear to hear as you learn. So what you do? You pray, you pray and you learn to listen. And you ask God for help. You ask him to open up your ears. You ask him to teach you. Amen? Because you see when you hear from God... When you hear from God, when God speaks to you, that was, uh, the, 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 the God speaking to you is the call of God. And the Bible speaks about the hope of his calling. There's an expectation that is to rise up within you when you hear from God. But you got to hear. And the most tremendous place to hear is in his presence, is in that place of prayer. Now, granted, you want to take prayer outside the closet and you want to live and have an atmosphere where you're sensitive to the Spirit of God and you're sensitive to His voice. But when you hear from God, it creates expectation, it creates faith, and then God watches over that word to perform it. Amen? So hearing from God is important. Now, because hearing from God is important, this is also important. You ever heard, you ever heard this story told about, um, you know, it says if you're living in, in, a, um, in an apartment and there's some folks over there in the next wall, and if you wanted to hear what they're doing or hear what's going on over there, they say you could create a glass and put it up against the wall and listen. You ever heard that? Right? And then you might hear whatever. Right? Okay. Well, it's like this. But, and if you find the right spot on the wall, man, it would probably work great. Well, the Holy Ghost lives in here, does he not? Does he not? Yeah. Well, there's a place where he speaks from. And you got to learn how to find that glass and put it right on that spot and listen. Paul calls it in Acts chapter 15, 25, Acts chapter 15, verse 28, where Paul says, it seems good to us and to the Holy Ghost. 
It will come sometimes where you would actually hear words. There are other times when it just comes as a knowing, where you know stuff. Why would that happen? Because the Bible says in 1 John 2, 20 and 27, that you've got an unction, you've got an, an anointing, an empowerment from the Spirit of God just because you're born again, and you know all things. In your spirit, the Holy Ghost reveal all things. So you know stuff. And, and so there are times where that knowing, you'll become very conscious and aware of certain things. Right? You, it's supposed to be like that. It says again in, in Proverbs 20 verse 27 that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. It's God's candle. Well, if he's going to light anything, he's going to light your candle. Amen? Right? So Psalms 18 verse 28 says, The Lord will light my candle and he will enlighten my darkness. In other words, the way I couldn't see, now I can see. What am I talking I'm talking about hearing. I'm talking about recognizing where he speaks. That there is a place where he speaks. Amen? And, you, and, and one of the, one, the, the simplest way that I know to locate that is by praying in tongues. Spend some time praying, right? And uh, if you got to pray loud or if you got to pray quiet, whichever way it is, until you can locate where those tongues are coming from. You know it's not coming from your head. Amen? Well, locate where it's coming. When you find it, and it's going to be somewhere right between, one, two, three, between the second and third button. Close to right or about here. And, you, and when you learn, and what happens is, you will develop where sometimes, I mean, I'm preaching. And, 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 and you develop where you're kind of almost listening there. You have the cup set there. So sometimes I might hear something. You would hear something. And you develop learning to kind of check in there ever so often. Situations happening and you're wondering, well, well what do I do? And, and maybe there's an anxiety. What do you do? You stop. And, you, and where do you do? You check right, away, right there. That's important. Amen? It's a very practical thing and you can develop it. Amen? How many of you know, have heard this before? Let me ask you. Come on, show me. How many of you have ever practiced this and experienced it? All right. It's real. But you become more developing it. Okay, number 11. Praise. The Bible says in Psalms 22 and verse 3 that God inhabits the praises of his people. In other words, he lives there. Amen? And he has ordained strength to flow out of praise. He has ordained that praise will silence and shut the devil down. So it is sensible then that you and I will develop a, 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 an atmosphere in our life that is attractive to the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you something. If you're the Holy Ghost, be the Holy Ghost for a minute. Would you be at attracted and to manifest yourself in the life of someone who just gripes and complains. And every day, oh no, I don't believe that. <laughs> and I mean, there's this unbelief and there's griping and there's complaining. Or would you be attracted to the life of someone, to the atmosphere of someone who has built in their life an atmosphere of praise. I bless you, Lord. Thanksgiving. They're living in love and compassion and so on. This is what I'm talking about. Building that type of atmosphere. And you can do that by what? Having praise and worship to be part of your prayer time and part of your life. Amen? Have it playing around the house. Have it playing in your vehicle. Amen? And the Bible says in Psalm 16 verse 11, and this is very, very important. It says that he will show you the path of life in his presence. So there is something that happens in his presence that where you are now able to see, you're able to get light, you're able to get direction where? In his presence. Amen? I mean, if you, if you came to the prophet of God and, and, and asked him for some directions, he'll say, get back to you. Let me go seek God. What is he saying? Let me go get into the presence of God so I can hear from God and then I can come back and talk to you. 
Are you with me? Now we don't need a prophet. Because we are born again. And we have the spirit of God. So we can go there ourselves and do the seeking. Amen. Number 12. In Acts chapter 13 verse 2. It says the, 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 the apostles and the leadership of the church had gotten together. And they were ministering to the Lord. With fasting and prayer. So they were praising and worshiping God. But they were also fasting. And in the midst of their ministry. God spoke. And God said separate all to me. Paul and Barnabas for the ministry to which I have for them. Amen. And much of the rest of the book of Acts is written concerning the ministry that Paul stepped into. As a result of what? As a result of God speaking in the middle of a meeting where they were not only, not only praising and worshiping, but they were also fasting. So include fasting as part of your prayer life. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. I'm going to end here. And, and I, I just, I'll end here, and I'm not going to go any further, but I will simply say this. So the very things that you pray about, that you, that you practice by praying these different things, the very things you pray about, when you come out your prayer closet, you endeavor to do and practice what you pray. <laughs> in other words, you practice the presence. You practice acknowledging Him in all your ways. You practice... Um, uh, um, um, you know, the issue about the sacrifice and, and, and praying in tongues and etc, etc, etc. You practice the things you pray about, you go and you practice them and you begin to do them. Amen? And over a period of time, because you see, this is not just, it is not just practicing the presence in the sense that, okay, Jesus, Lord, you are with me. What do we do now? What shirt should I wear? Right? What's a good color here? No, it's not just about that. <laughs> Okay, it is about acknowledging I'm crucified. This is who I am. This is where I live. This is what's going on here. I'm seated at the Father's right hand. Principalities and powers, they're subject to the name of Jesus. I'm far above them, etc., etc., etc. Amen?